DJ PK, it is time now to welcome in Ben Anderson. You hear him on the Jazz pre-half and post-game radio shows here on the Zone Sports Network. He joins us on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get a Samsung S10 for $0 when you activate a new line of service with a flex lease. Now, through December 26th, visit the Sprint store nearest you. Ben, good morning. Good morning. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays to you, too. And for jazz fans, will they get the merriest of Christmas presents? A victory over the Miami Heat, currently on a 59-win pace, surprising the entire league and playing very well. Jazz have a five-game win streak, but they haven't beaten teams of quality of the Heat. Yeah, I think the uh, five-game win streak might be the Jazz' best gift they get this year. They don't get the uh, the Red Rider BB gun in the form of a win over the Miami Heat. They're just... They're playing very well. They're playing well at home. Uh, the end of a road trip right before Christmas. This just has all the makings of a of a quick game for the Miami Heat. But, you know, maybe the Jazz are playing better than we think, David. I think you're right that they haven't beat anyone necessarily over this five-game stretch, but maybe they're playing better than we recognize as a result of uh, not playing better teams. And maybe they're just kind of hiding the actual quality of play. All right, we, we know we obsess over the Jazz, obviously, Ben. We've been doing it for years, as you have. And so we tend to see warts. And I, I can't really disagree with what you're saying. I'm not following the Miami Heat as much, but I'm looking at their stats, and they got a couple of guys that really jump out at you. Jimmy Butler is a proven commodity, and Drogic has been hurt. they got a couple of guys that I did not expect to be playing this well. Are the Miami Heat, or how legitimate are the Miami Heat, if they are in fact legitimate? You know, right now, and I mean, they, they, they've proved it in the past week, I would put them above the Philadelphia 76ers as far as contenders go in the Eastern Conference. Now, it starts with Milwaukee, and maybe Milwaukee's the only true contender in the Eastern Conference right now, but Toronto's been very solid. And then I'd probably put uh, Philly right in that conversation. I, or I should say I would put Miami in that conversation. Philadelphia's just a little clunky. They just Their offense doesn't quite make sense, and the pieces don't quite make sense. And then you have a really good coach like Eric Spolstra in Miami, a legit superstar in Jimmy Butler. Bam Adebayo's been playing at an all-star level this year. And then they've had some nice rookies. Kendrick Nunn, who was undrafted, kind of came out of nowhere, is having a very good season this year. So it's a real team. that They're very good. They, they are at this point still, I think, overlooked because no one expected them to be contenders. But there's a real chance they're playing in the Eastern Conference Finals. In Saturday's win over Charlotte, Quinn Snyder shortened the bench in the second half. The starters all played at least 35 minutes. Joe Ingles played the most at 39. I'm of the opinion that won't happen again in Miami, that Quinn will pick his spots with that. But clearly, he's used multiple substitution patterns. He's trying to figure out how to get production out of the bench. Is there anything that can be done short of adding two new players? Uh, I mean, I think he can test again what he did uh, against uh, in the last game where, where he played uh, Tony Bradley more over Ed Davis. And if you're just not getting results from Ed Davis, who's been one of the worst offensive players in the NBA this season, you may have to go in that direction. But then again, you can't have Tony Bradley picking up four fouls in three minutes. So it, it, at this point, the Jazz are shorthanded. The, the best you can hope for, I think, in the long term is getting Mike Conley back and healthy because that you know pushes everyone on the end of the bench one spot further down. And, and when you've actually looked at the bench lineup the Jazz have when they play Donovan Mitchell, Emmanuel Moutier, Joe Ingles, Jeff Green, and Ed Davis, that's actually a really good group. The problem is when you don't have Mike Conley, everyone shifts down a spot. Mike Conley has to be in the start, or I should say Joe Ingles has to be in the starting lineup. And then you end up having to play George Niang or you end up having to play Tony Bradley. And those groups struggle a lot more 
than when they have Mike Conley and Ingles can play with that second unit. I, I think that second unit really probably just needs an, an additional playmaker alongside Donovan Mitchell. And, and when everyone's healthy, Joe Ingles can do that. And when Mike Conley's not healthy, it's just a little bit too short. Okay, I would ask then how much of the success is due to the fact that Joe Ingles is in the starting lineup as opposed to have to start because of the Conley injury. I actually think Joe starting is better for the team. Yeah, I agree because, you know, you've won these last five games and Joe Ingles starting is a huge part of it. In fact, it's just Joe Ingles getting his game going. I mean, he just had such a slow start to the year. You needed some way for him to be productive. And, you know, he's paid to be productive. He's not a, a... you know, minimum salary guy. He needs to go out and, and give the Jazz big numbers. And in the month of December, he's really done that, where he's shooting 50% from the floor, shooting 50% from the three-point line. He's up in double digits. He's been leading the team in assists for the last five games. So that's what you need from him. Now, the the difficult part for Quinn, I think, early in the season was whoever he put on the bench, whether it was Joe Ingles or Royce O'Neal, seemed to really struggle. And then the one game that Mike Conley was able to come back a few games ago Royce O'Neal moved to the bench and was still really good with that unit. So if that's the solution and Royce O'Neal can be good off the bench, I wouldn't be surprised if Joe Ingles stays in the starting lineup for the rest of the year. We just had a brief glimpse of it uh, when Conley was healthy because he's been out for a little bit of a run now. But it seems like the thing Quinn has gone away from is don't play guys 7, 8, and 9 together. Play two of the three of them, but don't play all three at the same time. And that seems to change production, although it's a really small sample size because by the time... He decided to give that a shot. Then Conley's been hurt, so it hasn't really been fully tested. Do you think that will work and that that's sustainable without playing the starters too many minutes and without putting guys 7, 8, and 9 out there together? Yeah, I think that's the goal, and I think ideally that's the rotation we're going to end up seeing. And maybe you have to you know, rob Peter to pay Paul. You have to take some talent out of the starting lineup and, and mix it more in with the bench more regularly. You know, maybe Jeff Green has to play more with the starters, and that puts Boyan Bogdanovich more with that bench instead of the seven, eight, and nine players altogether. And I do think that's the issue Quinn Snyder's been trying to accomplish. But it's not like he doesn't recognize it. I honestly don't think the Jazz have been healthy enough to really try it very often. Now, I know currently Dante Exum's not in the rotation, but he was hurt for the first 10 or so games of the season. And then Ed Davis missed a month with the broken leg, and you've had Mike Conley now in and out of the lineup. It's not like the Jazz have had the top nine guys fully healthy for a significant amount of time where I think Quinn Snyder can really play with those rotations to find what he's looking for and find what he calls separation among the five-man units he likes to play. So I do think health has still been an issue for this team, but David, I think you're right. Over time, that's what we're going to end up seeing is a, a, a more consistent mixing and matching of starters with that second unit as opposed to kind of a clear-cut one unit, two units. How much separation do you see in the West? It's hard right now because the Lakers have lost three straight, and you recognize how good LeBron James is because when he's hurt at all, that Lakers team really struggles. And then last night, there's kind of a scary hyperextension of his knee uh, that you saw from Anthony Davis. Otherwise, I think the Lakers are the best team when they're fully healthy, and I have a hard time as good as Paul George and as good as Kawhi Leonard are thinking that if LeBron's playing at this level in the postseason with Anthony Davis' size, that the Clippers are going to match up as well as I think a lot of people expected them to. So I think that could be an issue. That would probably be the biggest separation. And then, honestly, there's going to be a team that gets hot in the second half of the season, and it's going to make a real push to make the finals out of the West because it's still mostly a two-man team with the Lakers, and that could be a problem come the playoffs. And the Clippers aren't unproven, 
we should say, in the playoffs because they, they pushed the Warriors last year in the first round without Paul George and without Kawhi Leonard. But, you know, Lou Williams has been in the league a very long time. How much does he have? And in a playoff series, when teams start to attack him defensively every single time he's on the floor, does that become an issue that they have a hard time overcoming? Or if they have to play Patrick Beverly, who's not really an offensive threat, does that become an issue? Otherwise, I don't know if there's a clear-cut third team. Houston's been playing well, but Russell Westbrook teams always play well in the regular season and then are pretty terrible in the playoffs, and the Jazz have been you know, beneficiaries of that in the last two years. So I- I'm not sure I'm totally believing in Houston yet, and I think that's where the optimism for Jazz fans should come, that if they get that first unit clicking, like I think they have been over the last 10 games or so, and they start to figure out solutions on that bench, the Jazz can be really hard to beat because the starting unit is blowing teams out. They just can't lose those leads then when they go to the second unit. So the Jazz right now are on pace to be a 51-win team. If you kind of play it out to midseason when you get there, they might be on a little better clip than that. Do you see them as a 53, 55-win team when it's all said and done? I think 51 is probably accurate. And David, I think you and I talked about that before the season, just kind of breaking down in 25-game stretches where the Jazz need to be or 18-game stretches, what record the, the Jazz need to have. And I think as long as you're, you know, six, seven, eight games over 500 going into January, you're probably pretty confident you'll get over 50 wins. It's hard to get up to 55 when, you, when you've when you lost a couple of random games, like losing to the Sacramento Kings. But those become those are the difference between 51 and 55 because, you know, I don't think the Jazz are going to end up stealing extra games against the elite teams in the Eastern Conference like Miami tonight when they go on the road. It's just hard to make those up when you've lost a couple of those games that you shouldn't lose early in the season. What's your level of confidence that they actually make a move somewhere along the line here? I think it's hard to. I mean, I think that's the issue overall is that, you know, the, the most ideal contract I think you could move, and I'm just not looking at the player, but the number is Dante Exum at $9 million, and he's got $9 million next year. So ideally, somebody would be acquiring a young asset that they could send back a couple of quality bench pieces that make $4 million and $5 million. But nobody's trading for Dante Exum right now because he hasn't been able to, to stay in the lineup. And, and I don't know if it's rehab. I don't know what the issue is, but... He's not playing very well so far this season. And then Jeff Green and Davis are on small contracts and aren't playing very well, so those are hard to move. I just I don't know what piece the Jazz would have unless they were willing to move a starter or if you were willing to attach Royce O'Neal to a contract like Dante Exum, and then you're giving up a lot because Royce O'Neal is, is just coming into his own in the NBA, and I think because you have him on your roster, you would like to at least have the opportunity to pay him this offseason unless you were getting an absolute no-brainer, six-man-of-the-year candidate back that would run that bench. I, I just don't know how the Jazz would make a move, and I, I don't know which pieces they would use. So my confidence level in it is not extremely high. I wouldn't be surprised if, if as the Stars continue to play well, and I know he wasn't on the team that won the 13th uh, straight game last night, but maybe Jarrell Brantley starts getting some opportunity off the bench because you know, right now Jeff Green is a bottom four or five player in the NBA. I mean, he's just he, just looking at his, his real plus-minus numbers. He's just not playing very well. So you have to find some level of production. And if you're getting anything other than really low-level play, it's probably worth trying in the next month or two. I'm assuming we're not going to see Mike Conley for a couple of weeks now. You, have you heard anything? You, they're usually really conservative, and he's already come back once and gotten hurt. So I don't see how they're anything but really conservative with him now. Yeah, I think you have to be. Uh, I mean, I, I think Jazz fans are always going to be haunted by the Carlos Boozer hamstring injury and knowing how, how long that took to get back. And 
You know, I think they were conservative with Mike Conley this first time around, and he came back and hurt it by the, what, early fourth quarter? I think one minute into the fourth quarter, he got re-injured. So why not take it slow? I do think there is some value in solving some of the team's other issues while Mike Conley's out because, you know, you're still trying to reintegrate Conley, or I should say integrate Mike Conley into this rotation. And it's it's not been perfect to start the season. And then when he went out, it, it kind of allowed Quinn Snyder and the Jazz to focus on getting Joe Ingles going. And that absolutely worked. And, and Joe Ingles got going while Mike Conley was out. And I don't know if it's exactly correlated, but but certainly PK, as you mentioned, moving him into the starting lineup seemed to be the solution. So while you've had something suspended that you can't fix, like figuring out how to get Mike Conley to get back to Memphis, Mike Conley, you've solved other problems. So maybe you keep doing that and, and be a little extra cautious with Mike Conley and then bring him back with a more complete product where he's not being asked to do as much. And that, that could be the ticket for the Jazz in mid-January, late January, if he's out that long, to get this team really clicking. And that's when Quinn Snyder teams traditionally have started to gel and, and played really well over the last couple of seasons. All right, well, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for uh, joining us here and uh, enjoy the game. And then, uh, you know, happy holidays from there, Ben. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, guys. Thanks. <laughs> ben Anderson, Jazz Studio Analyst for enjoy the Zone. Enjoy your summer. <laughs> enjoy your summer. Well, you covered all the bases there. Yeah, pretty much. All right, coming in right now to join us, Andrew Reinhardt. With a solution, ED, a problem for a lot of people. You yeah. hear from a lot of people, and you can hear from more over the holidays, I'm sure. I think so. Guys struggling with erectile dysfunction, it's rampant out there. Um, I have been surprised how big of an issue it is. Um, a lot of guys come in and say, I must be the only one, or I'm younger than I should be for a problem like this. I can promise you that you are more normal than you think, and there it is such an issue. The good part, we can fix it, um, and when I say fix, I mean more solve the problem, not medicate it, not band-aid it. Um, pills are a symptom reliever. Our treatment, the acoustic wave, really addresses the root cause problem. We treat this part of the body to increase blood flow in this part of the body. That means when the timing's right, things function like they used to, when you didn't have to worry about it. Um, you don't need a pill. You don't need injections. And uh, it's been great. Really rewarding to see the results. 801-901-8000. That's the phone number to call. 801-901-8000. And you're saying that uh, you're open a lot. Six, we are. Six days a week. Uh Early in the morning to late at night. Yeah, there's a lot of times guys can come in. The medical doctor works long hours. Um, the assessment, you can come in at pretty much any time. Call us and get an appointment, of course. Uh, treatments are really easy. 10 minutes, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. basically every day. So if you're busy, you're working a job, job and a half, two jobs, yeah. there's time. There, there. there is time. We're in Murray right off of 4500 South, right off the freeway. 801-901-8000. That's the number for Andrew Reinhardt and the Wasatch Medical Clinic. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Jazz put a five-game win streak on the line tonight in Miami against the Heat. Game tips at 5.30. You can watch it on AT&T Sportsnet. Listen to it on The Zone. Pre-game coverage starts at 4.30. Lakers lose their third straight game. LeBron James sitting out as Denver wallops the Lakers 128-104. to Thunder beat the Clippers 118-112. to And the Raptors down 30. Come back to beat the Mavericks 110-107. to NFL football tonight. 
NFC North, the title on the line. Green Bay Packers can clinch with a win in Minnesota against the Vikings. Game kicks off at 6, kicks off at 6.15. Watch it on ESPN. Listen on the Zone Sports Network. The NFL game will be on 1280 The Zone. The Jazz will be on 97.5 The Zone. Top of the Wire is brought to you by Syringa Networks. Verizon customers, if you were recently notified that some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Network. Syringa is Utah's fastest-growing premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call them today at 385-420-7881. That's 385-420-7881. That's Syringa Networks. Big Show, Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Are you ready? You guys ready? Emmanuel Moutier is with us now that you're a couple of months into it. What's it like playing for Quinn Snyder? Uh, it's good. You know, he challenges you for sure. One of the smartest coaches I've ever been around my whole life. He's big on details. He always tries to dominate the details. So just learning a lot of basketball stuff, I wouldn't even say more so the skills part, but just mentality, especially with somebody like me, just learning the game. So he's been really good. And I'm actually playing defense for him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a big thing with him, I hear. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> so he's changed my mentality for sure. He's been playing defense. Turn this up. Catch the Big Show, presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Afternoons from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. My new nickname for the Utah Jazz are the Wugglies. The Utah Wugglies. What's a Wuggly? That's a team that wins ugly. And, uh, yeah, we'll take them. We'll take them, baby. Go Jazz! <laughs> Wuggly! That's from Dwight. Well, more more Wuggly. Turns out they all count the same, PK. Wuggly or not. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, no matter how you win, and the great thing of a good, uh, the hallmark of a good team is not playing as well as you can and still winning games. I don't know that you can win a whole bunch of games that way, but in the short term, as they continue to try to find themselves, win and that's all that matters eventually you know you're gonna have to play your best but we're still here in december and we're not even into christmas yet so there's still plenty of time to accomplish all that time to get you up to date on everything we've been talking about brought to you by larry h miller chrysler g dodge ram in sandy find your deals online at lhmdeals.com jazz and the heat tonight if you missed it we've been discussing how good the heat are they're winning over 70 percent of the games they are on pace to win 59 games, and their defensive numbers uh, look a lot like the Jazz. And then they get a little bit of scoring. They had Jimmy Butler was obviously the big offseason acquisition, but nobody had him at a 59-win clip, PK. And, and maybe they won't be able to sustain it, but that's where they are right now, outstripping all the expectations. Yeah, they are now. Still a long way to go here, you know, to me. You got to at least look to January before you start making complete and total. What would the uh, declarations? I guess would be the oh, yeah. word. But so far, and and the thing that I like is that there was no panic with the Heat. You know, they had the stars. They won the titles, and then they struggled. Well. What you see so many times in the Sacramentos and the Phoenixes of the world is they run through a slew of coaches, right? So you look at very similar situation between Miami and Dallas. They win a title in the case of Dallas, 
multiple titles in the case of Miami, and then they go through some bad seasons. But they stick with the coach. They just don't make a bunch of changes here. They stick with it, and they come out the other side, and now the Heat are playing well, and Spolstra's still there, and Dallas is playing well, and Carlisle is still there. And I think there's something to be said for that stability rather than, oh, well, we've slipped. You know, obviously we know why we slipped, but we're going to just dump the coach, and we're going to bring in this coach, and then we're going to bring in another coach. And after that, you bring in three or four more coaches. And all you've done is just guarantee not just mediocrity, but way below mediocrity. So I like the fact that Miami stuck with Spolstra, just like I like the fact that Dallas has stuck with Carlisle. And they've come out of it, and they've got a plan, and they've stuck to it, and they've got better players, and now they're winning. Well, definitely in the case of Spolster, you got to like uh, working for Pat Riley because he's a former coach. So if, if he doesn't get it, who's, you know, if a former coach can't figure that out, who's, who, who's going to? So, all right, so we talked, to the, uh, we talked a little bit of jazz with the Jazz playing the Heat tonight, and that game tips off at uh, 5.30. Listen to it on 97.5 uh, The Zone. We also talked a little bit of uh, BYU in the bowl game, and the Cougars – uh, momentum. Can you say the arrow is up? Are you going to have the numbers to back up the message you want, which is the message you want is the arrow's up, we're getting better, but you got to have the numbers to back it up, which means they need to go win this bowl game because they were 7-6 and six last year. Yeah, I think this is a big game for the Cougars and where they're at in their development of the program and continue to establish good, good vibes, positive vibes, momentum, all that stuff. You know, I don't want to hear Kalani tomorrow night. I mean, I'm, actually, I'm not going to listen in the post game. <laughs> We're getting way up into Christmas Eve. I'll watch the game for sure, but you know, maybe go out after the fact to listen to it in a day or two. I don't want to hear him say, you know, I got to look at the film. We got to get better. That type of thing. No, I want to say, hey, we came out here, we won this bowl game. We're playing well. We look forward to spring ball and carrying on with the momentum that we've established. We've got a lot of young guys. Don't start that many seniors. All that stuff. I mean, we'll see what Tong and Bushman do if they both leave on each side of the ball and their names in the NFL draft. So you may have some more guys to replace beyond seniors. And so then you don't necessarily need a lot of help of this recruiting class because you got most of your helps already on the team and they've been able to get some experience. That's what I want to have happen for this program. I think it's a big game in that way. Hawaii's 9-5. and five. They won their division for the first time in seven years of division play there in the Mountain West. So compared them to the Utes last year, that was a big accomplishment for them. The bowl game, icing on the cake. The fact they were in the conference title game. They've been steady. The Fresno State loss is a bad loss, but that was their only bad loss. Air Force, Washington, Boise State twice. Three of those four games on the road, and this one is out in the islands. Uh, give me your theory on uh, Cougar quarterbacks and how open the job might or might not be. Well, I think it's critical for Zach Wilson to go out and play well in this game. Obviously, he did not play well against San Diego State. And then we find out Hall hadn't been cleared. What was Romney had the foot injury, and they didn't feel comfortable in putting him in there. So, obviously, they don't play Critchlow all that much to the point of him transferring. So, they stuck with Zach, and the results weren't good. They just had three points. They were abysmal in field goal kicking. It was just sour end to the regular season for sure. So I think that Zach, much like he did last year, now he didn't have any necessarily competition because the backup was a senior in Tanner Mangum, and uh, the other two guys, well, we didn't know much about Romney or Hall, for that matter, in terms of playing. So Zach goes out and completes 18 of 18, right? 
and then they stick with him through spring and fall where he's not even really able to participate that much, but he was the starter because I think in large part he played well in that bowl game. I think he needs to play well to solidify his position. If he does not play well tomorrow night, then that position becomes entirely open right from the first day of spring ball and... Zach Wilson needs to get his butt out there. Now, he had the injury, obviously, last year, but he needs to be out there competing. Whereas if he plays well, then I think the competition between Hall and Romney is about who's going to be the backup in case Zach gets hurt or something else happens. So I think it's real important for him to play well, to solidify his spot. Because if he doesn't play well, in my mind, and then that creates an opportunity for the job to be wide open going in the spring ball. And you always want competition, but I think from the quarterback standpoint, especially somebody who you invested a lot of time and energy into, you want him to be the starter. And I mean, if you're family of Hall and Baylor, you don't. But the other guy, the rest of the, the, us, I don't, I don't care who starts, I want to see this guy that they've invested time in solidify his position going into the offseason. So I think the game for Zach Wilson, the game within the game, is a big game for him. They're going to need a lot of points to win this game. A lot of teams have scored 30 points on Hawaii and lost. Uh, Fresno scored 41 and beat them 41-38. And three teams dropped 50 on Hawaii. You can score on Hawaii's defense, but Hawaii's offense is going yeah. to put up points. So the pressure's on the BYU offense to produce a lot uh, of points. Yeah. You're going to need them. I mean, you think about it. Even that juggernaut San Jose State, what they get, 14? So you know. That was that an outlier. 14. 14 to 11. Can... Hawaii, 14 <laughs> to 11. But that's how San Diego State plays. That, you know. And that's the game. Yeah, but that's it. If they could score 11 points, that means anybody can score on Hawaii. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, good point. 11's a big number for the Aztecs lately. Um, <laughs> so, in addition to that, what else would you like to pass on to the 9 o'clock listener who is enjoying, you know, school's out here this week, I think, for everybody, and people are waking up late. The Lakers, three straight losses doesn't mean anything, right? LeBron missed the game. So this is just like watching the Pelicans get drilled by Denver? Well, relative to the playoffs, when you're LeBron James, there's very little, uh, if anything, means something in the regular season. Uh, Where are you going to be in the spring when we get to May? Are you going to be healthy? Are you going to be in that spot? I mean, no one remembers what's going to happen pre-Christmas. You barely remember what happens in January and February, let alone pre-Christmas. So, no, I'm not. If I'm the Lakers, I'm, I'm not even. I'm not even batting an eyelash, really. I'm looking at it. Okay, he's out. So let's get some other guys some opportunity. And Kuzma's been in, out, in and out of the lineup too. They got as with every team, every contending team, has got to find a way to make sure it's got its guys ready to go when the postseason rolls around. And they're talking. You know, I read stuff over the weekend. I'm sure you saw it. Oh, they're going to have a. Uh, in season tournament and yeah. trump up the regular season ratings are down 20 percent i don't care what you do in a regular season you can do whatever you want i couldn't care less just give me my playoffs the way i know them in the postseason and that's how i'm going to judge the nba season now i know for them they got to make money and if ratings are down it's a big deal blah 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 i get all that but for me I go through it Get me to the postseason. As long as I have my postseason formats the way I've been used to, I am good to go. You can do whatever you want in a regular season. I've got no problem with it. Hey, the ratings are down. They made their own bed. They had too many stars, set out too many games. 
for flimsy reasons, and it basically sends the message that the regular season isn't important, and now the viewing public has received the message. I mean, it's, it's not complicated what's happened here. <laughs> have the stars play more. Have people take pride. Pump up the guys who play 82 games like Stockton and Malone. But that was 25 years ago, and what I think – Popovich, Ginobili, that kind of era, you know, starting to rest guys. That's that's 15 years of this now. It's no, yeah. I mean, you can create another tournament, but if the stars don't play, people aren't going to watch. You get, the stars have to play. And right now, it seems like all the, you know, the medical people are saying 82 games is too many. The stars shouldn't play that many. So until they figure that out, everything else is window dressing, I think. All right, we talked a little. Uh, we talked a little NFL today. Big game tonight: Packers and Vikings. Um, Cousins doesn't win big games, so the Green Bay Packers win on the road. That seems like the straightest, simplest prediction in all of this. And if Green Bay wins, they clinch the division, and then they're right in the middle of the battle for the one, two, and three seeds on the final week of the season. Okay, what's at stake for the Vikings, though? Well, if they're going to win the division, they got to win the game. And they are at home, and they are favored by four and a half points. Green Bay is the underdog. Uh, so this would be me going with the underdog, going with the Packers. Uh, Minnesota is 10-4. and four. The Packers are 11-3. and three. Minnesota is still, I mean, the Packers have not clinched the division yet. If Minnesota can get this, uh, you know, then they pull even, going even with them going into the final week. The uh, Packers did win the first time they played. So the Vikings All right, so need Who's, who does each play next week? Uh, they're both inside the division, so they both ought to win because the Bears and the Lions are terrible. Right, so that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I don't see where it's a huge game for Minnesota. So the other thing that is, on, is it at stake here is even if you are the wild card, can you be five instead of six? Because five will go play either the Eagles or the Cowboys, probably the Eagles, whereas six has to play somebody who's really good, depending on how the Niners, Saints, Packers shake out the final week. You know, if the Niners beat the Seahawks, then the Seahawks and the Vikings, uh, who who ends up five and who ends up six? So that's what's at stake. There's still uh, a chance yeah, to, to me win. that's not that much. There's a chance to win. Would you rather go play Philly or one of the others? Or you're doomed no matter what. I don't think you're doomed, man. I mean, Seattle all of a sudden has got all sorts of injuries. They've got every running back is out there. They worked out Turbin the other day. Marshawn Lynch is out. on his way. <laughs> I, saw yeah, I, mean, so, I saw the tweet. Uh, <laughs> Signed Marshawn when the second guy went down. Uh, play, the idea of playing Seattle doesn't scare me as much as it did this time yesterday. Well, yeah, I don't think Minnesota's going to end up playing Seattle. Somebody else will. Um because I, I think shorthanded Seattle is going to lose to San Francisco and lose the division. That seems like the easiest prediction right now. I mean, they, right. they lost their left tackle. They lost two running backs. Uh, the passing game hasn't been the same since Russell Wilson threw five touchdown passes in one game. And in the six games since that, he's thrown seven. It makes no sense. Their it's top like, pass rusher and safety are out. It, it feels like the passing game hit the off switch right after that. Turn out what the was that five game? Who was that five, that five touchdown game against? Was it the Cardinals? No. Yeah. Was it, oh, it was I the Bucks. I think it was the, the Bucks. I think it was the yeah. And it was who was Tampa there? Bay. Oh, were you at that you one? Know somebody well, who that, was, there. was that the week yeah. of the Washington yeah. game? Yeah. You were up there for Utah Washington. Yes. You went to the game. Yeah. Yes. And they haven't been the yes. same since. Well, get back up there, 
Russell, okay, full disclosure, <laughs> Russell Wilson, quarterback's my fantasy team. We had a good thing going, and he hits the skids for the playoffs. Three playoff games, the guy throws three touchdown passes total. You're killing me, Russell. Killing me. Not really helping the Seahawks all that much either. But good news for the Niners. All right, DJ and PK, that's some of the stuff we've been talking about this morning. Your feedback, answering the question, Taysom Hill. Uh, another first down run to keep a TD drive alive, and then they threw him the ball on the next play, got down into the red zone on a big game, scored on the following play. Cougar fans love Taysom Hill. What player do you love from your favorite college now that they're in the pros and you still follow them? we got a ton of answers to that, and we'll get to that next with the rest of your feedback from the show on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. So it looks like I'm getting some musical gear for Christmas. Oh, I'm really sorry about the 15-second drops you guys are going to be getting. Whew, it's going to be brutal. Brace yourselves. The Jazz will peak at the right time. No one wants to be peaking before the All-Star break. If they make the playoffs and get hot down the stretch, who knows what happens. Who knows what happens? Time for your feedback. And it's all brought to you by Audi. Audi Salt Lake City, where you can pick up a new Audi Q5 SUV for only $3.59 per month. Visit Audi Salt Lake City at 999 South State or AudiSaltLakeCity.com. I don't think a three-game losing streak scares the Lakers, Greg tweets at us, but I do think LeBron and AD injuries do. So the question is, is LeBron hurt, or are they just giving him a day off? Nagging rib and cartilage injury, groin issue. Shut him down. They got to come up with something. They can't just rest him. I don't know that it's really that big a deal. Well, my thought would be he would be hurt because that was a home game that he didn't play. Question of the day with uh, Taysom Hill thrilling BYU fans again yesterday, making a couple big plays in the third quarter touchdown drive. Who is the player from your school that you love to root for in the pros? Nate gives us a new name. We hadn't heard this one yet. He says, Star Lotulele. Always a cordial nice guy every time I've run into him. Liking him off the field. Do you think most players get how impactful that is? I mean, they've always kind of been them. They don't know the star power they wield. Uh, I think that each time you have an interaction, if you have any form of public identity, that you have to be polite because that's going to be the representation. It's a snapshot, but that's what the individuals are going to remember. So it's always important to be cordial. And uh, I just wish I could take my own advice and be cordial, but I'm not. (laughs) Grumping around. It's good if you have your wife with you, because she's always cordial. <laughs> Can you handle the cordiality, dear? I'm grumping. Well, yeah. I can handle it, because I always get an elbow to the ribs. <laughs> hey, we got a lot of people here uh, who are saying Fred Warner is their guy in the pros. And Sergeant Yu points out, Fred Warner's having a better year than Taysom. Fred, and that's not a knock on Hill. Fred's having a good year, making plays. He just scored. Dan says right now, Fred is my fave. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. Yeah. 
I hate BYU Who's with yours? all my being, Mo says. But I can't help but root for Taysom. He's a great story. Overcoming the rivalry. That's rare. He is a great story. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. Yeah. Tony and Austin one? are coming up next. But first, Andrew Reinhardt checking in with us once again from Wasatch Medical Clinic. No pills, no needles, no surgery. What can you tell us about the new the new treatment? Those are all good terms when it comes to erectile dysfunction. I don't think anybody wants a needle close to this part of the body, but it is more common than a lot of guys think. Um, we have a treatment that eliminates the need for all of that, but especially the pill. Most guys struggling with ED have taken the pill or they're thinking about it. They're dealing with some side effects. Uh, a couple things I'd say on that. A, you don't have to deal with the side effects anymore with our treatment, the wave therapy. And B, if you're taking the pill and it's working, it will eventually stop working. I can say that with almost 100% confidence now. The day will come when your body builds up a tolerance and the pill will not work. Our treatment addresses the root cause problem of ED. Um, it's blood flow. Blood flow, blood flow. That's what this treatment does. It opens up the blood vessels and regrows blood, uh, regrows blood vessels and opens the blood, opens them up as well. So um, we solve the root cause of the problem and restore the spontaneity in the bedroom. The number to call is 801-901-8000. 801-901-8000. And you got a Christmas special? We do. And this is the last one of the day, guys. If you're struggling with ED, sick of the pills, call us now. We're doing a whole host of things. Uh, assessment for free with our medical doctor. Blood flow ultrasound for free. If you come in and decide to take our treatments, uh, you get a special gift. Um, some kind of unique things that will produce instant results in the bedroom that I think you'll like. So call us now. There's no obligation. It's totally free. Uh, come and see the doctor and see if this is a good fit for you. 801-901-8000. That's the number to call. Andrew, Merry Christmas. Thank you and Merry Christmas to you.